Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. Hey, Dave Jones. How are you? I'm Bob Flounders. Good to meet you. How great is it to have an entire weekend you really don't have to work that much on Saturday, if at all. Did you work on Saturday? <laughs> I, I work ahead, Dave. I did everything in my power to, sh- to clear the decks. So I no. know you did, but you didn't have to. You, you had college football to watch all Saturday. And I put out a tweet on Saturday morning saying how, and, and Anna was in Ohio. So there was no chance of honeydews or anything. It was like a solar eclipse is the way I put it. Maybe Anna was glad to be in Ohio away from you. I, I, I don't like your tone, and I think that was in called for. <laughs> yeah, probably. Anyway, how great was that? I mean, but then the first thing I watch is like I watched a giant chunk of South Dakota State, Iowa. Did you watch? <laughs> no. No. The answer is a hard no. The the longer I went through it, the more fascinated I became. <laughs> Jackrabbits, baby. I was pulling for them. Then they had the go-ahead safety and the clinching safety, and then it was over, 7-3. to three. Uh, What did you watch? I, I watched a little of the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. That's a great segue in what, into what I want to say next, which involves Penn State. Kudos to Notre Dame for slowing everything down and trying to but it just really didn't – I was expecting a little bit more, and it was just kind of a grinding game, and that wasn't really what I was hoping for. I was excited to see Ohio State play, but they just kind of really labored. So that, I wouldn't call that uh, a great way to open the season in prime time. Well, I thought it was a fascinating game for this reason. Ohio State has always beaten people lately with this overwhelming array of weaponry, right? And they have not been very good on defense for the better part of five years. But Jim Knowles, their new coordinator, who they they plucked out of Oklahoma State, and Mike Gundy found him, just like he found a certain Penn State coordinator out of the weeds at Shippensburg. In fact, these two guys coached together in 2018 under Gundy at Oklahoma State, Mike Yersich and Jim Knowles. And Jim Knowles transformed that defense they flew to the ball. They kept the gap discipline, and they were really good. You would agree with that, right? I mean, we don't know how good Notre Dame's offense is, and they got a new quarterback. But I thought Ohio State passed a threshold, and now I'm I'm like very uneasy about my pick for Michigan for one in the East. Dave, it is. I don't know about you, but it's Ohio week for Penn State, and the only reason I bring it up is 
I, I wanted to ask you, because I think you would have some interesting things for the fans to say. The last time these two teams played at Beaver Stadium, it was actually a, at the start of a pretty special season. It just didn't work out Penn State's well. The uh, Billy O'Brien era kicked off, and uh, he learned a lot, I think, about what not to do uh, in his first game. They lost their first two, but uh, I thought it was a very educational experience for Bill because the team didn't have its legs after halftime. I think he worked them too hard in camp. They got shut out in the second half. They lost 24-14, but it, it ended up being a pretty special season. But but the, it's the 10-year anniversary of Billy O's debut as Penn State's head coach, and I know you had some interesting things probably to say about that as well. I didn't because I didn't think of it. I, I had thought of it a couple weeks ago, but but that was almost exactly 10 years ago. It was 10 years ago last week. You know, when I go, go when I think about Ohio, I think of Cleve Bryant. That's how far <laughs> back I go. <laughs> so I don't remember a damn thing about that game. Was Solich the coach? Solich, I believe, was the coach. The quarterback was Tyler Tettleton. I think he was Mickey Tettleton's son. He had a great game. He was good. I do remember that. Over 300 yards, but I think every Penn State fan that really followed the team back then, they remember Bill put Gerald Hodges back to field a punt like early in the game. <laughs> he fumbled it. It just was the thing that I think Bill learned a lot about maybe. He was a, a great coordinator, and he'd done some things in the NFL, but when you're the head guy, you, the decisions you make could come back to haunt you. Well, he learned quickly. Um, I, I think I think the tenor of that day, and then it's certainly after the next week, they go down to UVA and get beat. Was that seventeen to sixteen? Because Sam Ficken had a really rough day. Yeah, I think he missed four kicks. Yeah, and Ob became reluctant to even use him through the meat of the season. <laughs> but they turned it around against Navy, which was like a perfect silver platter kind of game, a, a set piece game that they could they could just grind through, and then. They started beating people on the road in the Big Ten, That the beating them up physically, which was impressive. Who was it? Illinois, Purdue, Iowa, on the road, all of them, as I recall. I remember that Iowa game. They have never beaten down Iowa like that physically before or since a Kirk Ferentz team. And that was impressive. Uh, that is never I – can't, I can't remember that ever happening. I don't think James Franklin has ever had a game like that, and I don't think Joe Paterno ever had to, ever had a game like that against Iowa against Kirk Ferentz, which goes back you know twenty two years. He whipped him pretty good at home in sixteen, but not on the road. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, Dave, the other thing I want I remember about the I, the Billy O game, Penn State Ohio. I thought it was I think it was one of the first times Neil Rudell asked him in the post game press conference because Bill had <laughs> his eyes were bugging out of his head. He had a chew in, and I don't, everything was very brief. All the answers were brief. Neil asked him if he thought he worked the team too hard and whether or not they – Oh, no, I don't remember that. And it was the first time in season that we got the – Neil, I respect the question. I really do. But, uh, no. Yeah. That was the first thing. I respect the question, which is Bill O'Brien's for, you don't know what you're talking about, you idiot. <laughs> I forgot that. That's the counterpart to James Franklin's. I know you got to ask the question. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> yeah. when Bill came back with, I respect the question. It means he absolutely did not respect it. 
<laughs> you remember little bits and pieces about seasons that that I don't. Well, those are those are just the moments that they just kind of crystallize in my gigantic skull, and I never let them go. What do you think? And I went through my mailbag. You went through yours. What do you think is the general tenor of Penn State fans regarding two? I'm thinking of two specific things about old guard and new guard at two offensive positions. Does that ring a bell with you? Just talking to people, whether they were in bars over the weekend or on the on flights way on the flights back home. By the way, Dave, I heard you. Uh, you almost had breakfast with a the parent of a of a well known Penn State player. I did. No, I did. I did. After Joe Joe Hermit was already at our favorite Indianapolis uh, uh, airport. Re- that's a good little restaurant in there. I don't remember what it, what is that Champs or what is it? Yeah, it's a big restaurant. Yeah, it's a comedy. Big restaurant. It's a beautiful airport. If you got to get stuck in an airport, that's that's the airport to get in. And we've been stuck there a few times. Um, and Joe's already there because he's got a 10.30 flight. I got an 11. And we're, I said, oh, great. And we both get our laptops out. We start working. It's, 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 What'd you get to it's probably nine. I, I'm diabetic now, so I got, it's all meats and eggs. Meats I heard and there eggs. was a lot of bacon. I heard there was a lot of bacon. There was a lot of bacon. A double bacon, double eggs. So we're, we're spread out. You know, Joe's two seats over here working. I'm working here. I'm, I'm adding stuff to the Friday, the Friday morning quarterback. And a guy comes up, big guy and his wife, and, and I'm not even really looking at him. I'm, I'm kind of like this. And he goes, uh, you, you mind, is anyone sitting here? And I said, no, no, man. And he goes, uh, my wife is here, if, if you don't mind. And I said, so we were moving down. I, I said, let me just get my stuff here and I'll move down here next to my buddy. And Joe, Joe <laughs> leans over and goes, that's Joey Porter. And and in his Joe voice, yeah. And I turned around and goes, "Hey, you're Joey Porter." And he shook hands, and then we didn't say much else. Joe left for his to for his flight, and then I was looking through Joe's photos, and I mean, nobody's better. I think nobody's better in this business as a football photographer than Joe Hermit. There there might be equals, but nobody's better. And he had this another fantastic photo of an action shot at the apex of the moment, which is what Joe's so good at, which we've already used like three times. I think, I think Johnny's used it. I've used it. And you've used it of, of Joey Porter, Jr. PB Ewan, uh, Charlie Jones, which he did several times. Charlie Jones had a, a ton of targets and a lot of catches, but only a few of them against Joey Porter, who had six PBUs in that game. And I just, piped up i said look at this look at this to 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 his dad and he goes wow that's a nice shot and then the mom uh christy said wow that is beautiful you know like a mom does and i said well you you know you want me to send it to you and i I could i texted it to her and she was delighted uh you know that's the kind of thing that all ended up on their wall i'm sure because it's it's you won't get a better photo of that of him his whole college career that, that picture that Joe took, Dave, it illustrates some of the things about Joey Porter that everything is there. It's the length. It's the athleticism. It's, you know, it, it's, it's the, the fact that he is he is so close to the receiver because he's so aggressive. It's everything that he does best. And I, Dave, I still heard from Penn State fans and some Penn State writers, so I won't mention, 
who didn't think Joey Porter played all that well. And I well, just, they're stupid and they don't know what they're watching. I mean, they don't know what they're watching. I just want to throw them all in the river because when you play aggressive man-to-man defense, there's going to be some times you get flagged. That's what happened with the Raiders back in their heyday. They lived with it. But with the games on the line, I'd rather have a guy who can kind of just shut down the other receiver. There's two things they don't know. First of all, most most fans of any school, they don't know anything about who they're playing. They only know about go state, go. And they don't know that Aiden O'Connell is a very, very accurate quarterback. The other thing they don't know is Charlie Jones is a pretty damn good receiver. And there's a lot of people that don't know that because he was at Iowa. And if you're at Iowa with Spencer Petrus and Brian Ferentz, how many, how many targets are you really going to get? At least accurate ones. So Charlie Jones is a good receiver. And I think that's a great get for Jeff Brom. And he's known Aiden O'Connell since they were little kids. So they have a connection there. You're not going to knock every pass away. You're just not. When it mattered at the end of the game, and Joey Porter made a couple of mistakes in the game, but when it mattered, when, when the game was won and lost, he was all over. He is sticky, he is long, and he's aggressive. Kind of like you, Bob. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Thanks for finally noticing. It only took 21 years. <laughs> and, and he is going to be a terrific pro, I think. It's something else came, happened at, that, at the airport that I, didn't, I don't think I told you about. Joe Sr. and his wife leave for their flight. Kevin Sumlin came up. Oh, did I tell you that? Who told you Joey, that? Joey Porter Sr. and Kevin were both on my flight, so I, I already knew that. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so I had said to the waitress right after they left, I said, do you have any idea who that is? He goes, she said, oh, I know who it is, uh, because she had Steeler fans in her family. And I had said, well, yeah, that's, that's one, of the great, one of the great Steelers of all time underrated even then because he was he was underrated for what a really really good player he was and like a minute later who comes over but Kevin Sumlin he goes you know what you said about Joey Porter that is <laughs> that is the truth that is the truth man he was he was he was a killer he was a stone cold killer and then I I I didn't recognize Kevin Sumlin right away I was like I know this guy I know this guy and then he started talking to a couple Penn State fans and I oh, yeah. And I uh, talked to him about my brother-in-law, Fred, at Michigan, and he knows he knows Freddie Jack really well. So uh, I, I guess he's working for Fox. I didn't know what Kevin was. Yeah, doing. I think he got a nice. Did he get a nice severance package package from uh, from one of was it Arizona? I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> one of one of his former employers, probably both at this point. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different. And we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To, to my question, what do you think is the, the general tenure, tenor? I th- I'm thinking of two specific things about old guard and new guard. Well, one is obviously Clifford and Aller. That's got to be one. 
I'm going to say the other one is even though he's not not old, it's it's probably Lee and the freshman running backs, right? Yes, this is on everybody's minds. They want to turn the page. They want a new flavor. That's the way fans are. What would you say to fans? You know, we've already heard enough, and it's it's kind of people have taken their sides on Clifford and Aller, and I can, I can see both sides. I mean, I I want to. It's like the race car. It's like the car in. Ferris Bueller's day off. If you had a car like this, wouldn't you take it out? Wouldn't you drive it? That's that's <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about Drew Aller, and he's sitting there in the glass enclosed. Yeah, he's he's sitting there in the glass enclosed uh, garage of Cameron's uh, dad, and that's the way people feel about that, which is understandable. But the running back situation, and I said, look, it is Katron and Nicholas. They're not going to do everything right that running backs need to do in their very first game, and they probably won't for a few games. And even though you can see right away, and we saw it in the press box, how much quicker both Allen and Singleton are, you can't just throw them out there in a situation where the ball is going to be thrown around a lot. You need pass protection. You need guys to know exactly what they're doing right as soon as the snap's going. And and. Singleton was coming up to Clifford a couple times and like saying, what did, what did, what did you want? You could see it during during the beginning of plays. You're, you're never going to get that at this point out of Keevan Lee. And he can do a lot of things, and he made winning plays at the end of the game. So what I told people is, look, Saquon Barkley didn't start until the middle of his freshman season in 2015. He was still behind Akeel Lynch, probably – for those reasons, he played a lot, but he didn't start. So what's your opinion on all that? Yeah, but Saquon did have a 100-yard game in his second game. He had one carry for no yards against Temple. But, yeah, I think that Penn State has it right the way they did it in Purdue. Um, Aller is the deserving backup, uh, and he should continue to be the backup. Um, and you saw he was 2 of 4. He should have been 3 of 4 when didn't get scared when he was in the game. Sean Clifford showed a lot of – a lot of stones, I think, on that game-winning drive. He did everything right, and it did not look good. The three drives before that were a pick six, a three and out, and I think they got 12 yards on four plays. I give him credit. As far as the running backs, you're right too, Dave, but you know, Penn State thought enough of the two young kids. When they put Singleton in the game, they were pinned at their own four, and they put the freshman in. They ran him three times in a row. They got, they got a first down. They moved the ball out from there. So – I do think they trust him more. And Allen had a carry on the game-winning touchdown drive for eight or nine yards. That was pretty nice. And then they went back to Lee. But I think they believe those running backs are talented enough and they're also uh, far enough along in the little things, whether it's pass protection or or whatever, that I, I do think that regardless of the opponent, it's going to be a straight-up, hey, it's a three-headed monster until – until one of the young ones, I think, really gets ready to go, and then they're going to reshuffle the order. And I do think there is a spot. There's absolutely room for Kevon uh, to be a meaningful contributor. And and the same goes with Sean. You know, uh, that was a tough spot he put himself into, but he got himself out of it. He did, and we still don't know what Drew Drew is not comfortable doing yet. You know, we, we only saw a very small sample from him. But I do hope that Penn State's coaching staff, and by that I mean Franklin and Yursich, even though it's early in the season and they're one and zero, I still think they got to kind of go out of their way a little bit. If there's any chance to get him in the game, uh, multiple games, they got to get him in, even for a little bit. 
Yeah, it's got it's going to be like JJ McCarthy at, at Michigan, I think, where they're just going to put him in at meaningful points in whatever game is going on there. Maybe even in the second quarter against Ohio, maybe at meaningful points in subsequent games, maybe at Auburn. Uh, he wasn't scared at Purdue. Maybe you can put him in at Auburn. And the second thing is, if this offensive line, and I think uh, Olu Fashionu was a, a serious success at left tackle, but right tackle is now in flux. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. What if, uh, do you think we'll see more two tight ends? I'm not talking about jumbo, but more two tight ends and maybe more under center at, at, or at least a, a farther back starting point for the young running backs so they can just pick pick and choose holes and run to daylight. They have to make an adjustment. There's no question. Uh, they were without one tight end against Purdue Theo Johnson Franklin. James Franklin said they really were going to do more of the the uh, you know the two tight end and three tight end sets, and they just couldn't. Especially at right tackle, um, I think there was some concern there. I did like what Olu did. Granted, it was Purdue. I thought both guards, and I also thought Hunter Norza did well too. The offensive line is just still. Dave, they're still not there. And I thought James made a good point. Uh, the running backs, the two, the two young running backs, both of them came close to make to, to getting into the secondary for maybe a chunk play, but they didn't. And James t- said, we still need the running backs to make somebody miss in the hole. They almost did. But until that happens once or twice a game, like with Barkley, the running game's going to take its lumps. So it is, it is the offensive line, but it's also the running backs just trying to get up to speed, and I think you make a great point about I, I would not hesitate to go under center more to try and jumpstart that running game and maybe put a tight end in the backfield uh, as a lead blocker because they just they there's just not the holes that are there are not there very long and they're not you got to get that just taking too long. Conversely, there was one where Lee, if if it had been either of the young kids. They would have scored it through the hole, and Lee just didn't quite get there, and it could have it could have been a touchdown play. Uh, I don't remember exactly where it was. I saw something also in that Ohio State Notre Dame game that for it was a first game of the season that was very interesting, and that is that Julian Fleming is not getting in much run. Did he get hurt again in that game or no? I, I I don't remember him getting hurt, but I can't remember either. The fact is, Amika Buka, a kid from uh, Washington, looks like he's over the top of him now too. Uh, it's it's Harrison and Smith and Jigba over or over the top of him. I wonder if there's any, and I have I am this is off of the top of my head, but I wonder if there's any chance that he could. Uh, transfer back to Pennsylvania. Is that is that outlandish? Do you think that will be well-received, David, by the fan base? I haven't heard a thing about this from the I fan base. I don't know base. that that would be well-received. I don't know. What do you mean? What? I mean, he kind of he spurned him. You know what I mean? I don't. Uh, man, these days, I don't think you can, can worry about that. I don't know. If I was a Penn State fan, I'd be holding a grudge. Not like he's done anything at the college level. No. I, I read a really great story this morning by Bruce Feldman of The Athletic about how C.J. Stroud was recruited because he's, he was not very well regarded really coming out of Rancho Cucamonga, California. He was a three-star. It's in the mountains east of L.A., and it's kind of a little bit out of the way and was not all that highly regarded and ended, ended up at the, the big uh, 
um, seven on seven, seven camp in uh, what's it called? It's down there at the star in Dallas. They have it down there every year. The, the rising or whatever it is. I can't remember this event. And um, he was just killing people just out of nowhere. And there's four and five stars and kids, kids from elite 11 at this thing. And he ended up being the MVP and no one knew who the hell he was. And both Smith and Jigba and Fleming called up Ryan Day and said, we got to have this guy. <laughs> and that's how they got C.J. Stroud. I had no idea until Bruce Feldman wrote this great story. And Fleming goes to Penn State, and, and Penn State doesn't have all that flux in their receiver coach four in four years. Uh, maybe he comes to Penn State, and then maybe Penn State gets C.J. Stroud because he's calling James Franklin saying, we got to get this guy. So it's funny. Funny how things, because C.J. Stroud only at that point had a few Pac-12 schools and a couple of Mountain West schools who wanted him. He was out there for the taking. He's a good player. He's got a really, he's got some serious arm talent, man. Ohio getting 25 against Penn State Nittany Lions. What are your thoughts? Uh, The thoughts are they need to do everything they can to get the offensive line moving. And if this is Villanova, 2.0, 2.0, it's a very, very, very bad sign. Would you agree with that? You remember how they couldn't move Villanova? That's what I'm looking at in this game. I'll be curious to see how much we see Bryce Effner kind of spelling. My thought is Caden's going to start the game just because he's a veteran and they're going to try and coach him up. But uh, if there's any sputtering or any, any you know, penalties or, you know, there's a free runner at Sean Clifford on a blitz, I don't think they're going to – they're not they, – they didn't hesitate to put Efner in with the game on the line in the fourth quarter. So I would say I would say Caden's really, really on the spot in this game. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe he needs to be. Well, I, I dug these stats up, okay? Northwestern last season ran for 353 on Ohio, okay? <laughs> uh, Syracuse yeah. ran for 283. All right, if they if if Penn State cannot run on this defense, I, I would say it's a very very bad sign. You know, it's probably worse than Bill. Moore. Are you going to call for the season to come to an end, or are you just going? What are you going to? Hey, I'm just calling it the way it is, man. I mean, that's that's the truth. When we saw Villanova, there were there were a few people saying, "Wow, well, they got a really good run defense." And I'm like, "No, man, no, come on, come on, it's Villanova." And that's the same thing. The MAC has gotten farther and farther and farther behind the FBS, the, the other, the, the Power Five conferences. It's probably the weakest of all the group of five. And you, you got to be able to push around a MAC school these days, especially a mid, middle of the pack kind of MAC school. Do you got a score for me or no? I don't know. You know, it's 45 to 7. Okay. So they're, they're going to cover the number. That's all I care about. Yeah. I would say the young backs, this is also an opportunity for the young backs to work out a system where the young backs can have a little room to look at holes and pick one and then bust a big play. And you're, 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 you're trying to beat second level guys from the Mac who they, they should be able to beat if they get into the second, third level. So then you've got big plays. Yeah. Yeah. I think they beat the number. Yeah. I said Penn state by 28 with some weird score. I think I had Ohio with 13 or it's like 41, 13 or some, something like that, but yeah. 33 to four. <laughs> what, what did you do with the, the you picked a miami heat score with glenn rice on a three-pointer and the guy called into the fan line and said why doesn't flounders just give us some good clean scores 
Yeah, that was an NFL school. They took that way too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> not believe it the sense of humor in <laughs> central PA is not there well you called it 89 85 86 on a glenn rice three-pointer it was a dolphins game well i think this was a spectacular blue white breakdown podcast we got billy o involved we talked about cj stroud we talked about joey porter senior and joey porter jr if we go b would be on the podcast as a guest what what do you think would happen if we asked him uh how are you and he after <laughs> after some things that happened late in his Penn State career? Oh, it's been a few years, man. It's been a few years. Been a All few right, years. as long as he doesn't put his fist through your windshield, we're good. <laughs> it's been eight years. Come on, maybe I'll maybe I'll give that a go. I would love I would love to have Billy O. First of all, I'd love to have him on the podcast. I'd also like to go to a happy hour with Billy O. I think he'd really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, quite a guy. All right. That's it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We will be back. You guys will see us in video form again after the game. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.